Good morning. This is Sunday, July 15th, and you are listening to In the Wheelhouse. ITW is a weekly podcast on the Chicago Cubs and other ancillary topics. I'm Tom Hockney. And I'm Leo Fontana. This week on ITW, you'll get our reactions to the Cardinals firing of their manager, Mike Matheny. We'll talk about the selections for the 2018 All-Star Game. And as always, uh, we'll be talking about the Chicago Cubs. But before we get to that, Tom, the World Cup, uh, well, at least for me, it's over. I don't know about you. Or you did you, you watch yesterday, the first game. I've had the fortune of seeing most of all the games in this World Cup. And uh, I, I'm not uh, – first of all, I'm, I'm, at this point, I'm country agnostic in the sense right. that – Ireland didn't make it. The United States didn't make it. And I was rooting for Mexico. So, yeah, right. uh, <laughs> and, and then last week I boldly predicted the consolation game when I said that, uh, that uh, uh, <laughs> Belgium would win the world cup over England. And it turns out that they did beat England, but it was in the consolation game. It was so, in the cause. Yeah. Right. Uh, it, it just, this is very much like the NCAA college basketball uh, bracket uh, it's almost impossible to predict a World Cup bracket from start to finish because there's so many intangibles. And, and you know, today we are uh, looking at a France-Croatia uh, World Cup final, which is going to be great, by the way. Uh, yeah. Croatia basically has been getting by on the skin of their teeth throughout the, this entire World Cup. However, they're formidable, one of the smallest countries to ever make the World Cup final. And then France is a young powerful team and i know you have some issues with some of the players uh yeah, diving yeah. on france but they they really are gifted athletically that no, mbappe they, is yeah, is yeah. is the second coming of Pelé, or at least that's what the that's what his press clippings read well certainly up front they're big they're strong they're athletic they're fast and and it's going to be hard for anybody to deal with them i really once england was eliminated my interest completely flew out the window because I really like the style that England would play, where they would possess the ball in the in the in the other team's uh, you know defensive end. They would p- possess it and they would create opportunities. They'd get shots and then they'd get the ball back right away. They were very good at just controlling the ball in small spaces, and I just admired it. And I thought they had a chance to do it, and it would have been nice to see uh, England really go nuts because that's a team that really that's a fan base that really. Uh, you know, is kind of down on itself and is always thinking about what's the worst thing that's going to happen next, you know? So, well, you know, the the other thing too is, is that at the the end, England kind of underperformed. They had uh, Kane, who was one of the best players on the planet, and and Sterling, who hasn't scored in 22 games as being one of their featured striker. They finally sat him yesterday, all all to, to, to no avail because they still lost, but they were a really big imposing team that I was, I kind of thought they underperformed at the end. I I thought they overperformed in making the final. I will say that Sterling, you know, you mentioned that he didn't score, but he dominated. He was everywhere. I mean, he really drew attention. He had possessed the ball in the box. I mean, he was, he was, I don't know why they benched him, but, but anyway. So who, who, it, who do you like? Who do you like today? Who do I like? I like France. I like, I France. like France as well. Yeah. So I think it's a two to one game and I wouldn't be surprised if Croatia pulls it out because they pulled out the last four games. But yeah, I think yeah. today they're going to be dealing with a young athletic team that could, uh, if it's a blowout, I like France big time. If it's closer, Croatia might have a chance, but overall I like France. Well, Real Madrid also just made a huge offer to Azard. <laughs> from the French team. So that kind of, I think shows some of the respect that the club teams have 
for this team in particular and that right. Ronaldo is gone. But anyway, all right. But I want to talk about also, uh, before we get too much into the baseball thing, we, we had a birthday party for my daughter. She just turned six. This was, I tell you, if you live in West Glenview, West of Shermer, and you're six years old or you're in first grade, this was the social event of the summer. We had about 25 <laughs> girls, you know, going crazy. We got one of those inflatable jumpy castles. The girls were going crazy. My daughter is right in the middle of it. She's the smallest kid in the room, but she was totally dictating play and she was the center of attention. And That's it was great. just, a, it was really a nice thing to do. A lot it, of pictures. You it, know. It, it doesn't hurt that she's the big baseball fan of, of your brood. No, no, this is my youngest. Oh, my, your my youngest. My middle child is the baseball fan. Got it, got it. This one doesn't, un, you know, she, she's not I can't quite, keep track of all your kids. I know, I have too many. I have too many. But let's move on into Alrighty. the reason that we're here, and that's baseball. And I want to begin with uh, something that happened last night. That shows how current we are here on In the Wheelhouse. But Mike Matheny was fired. I got a text around. It had to be around 11 o'clock, 10, 30, 11 o'clock. He texts me and says they fired him, and they replaced him with bench coach. And I got to be careful here. What's it? Mike Schlitt. So uh, he'll be taking over, at least for the interim. Now, and I and, wanted... uh, well, you didn't mention the team that he's on, but he's the Cardinal. Yeah. Oh, yes. He is oh, the yes. ex-Cardinal manager, um, and this is shocking news. However, not completely unexpected. If you've been kind of following this story, and I know, Leo, you're, very, you're a big fan of the St. Louis Cardinals uh, beat writers, um, yeah. as am I. Um, there's been hints and allegations about this for a while. It's shocking, nonetheless, because – in the last 23 years, the Cardinals have had two managers, you know, the Tony La Russa and Matheny. And, and while Matheny was hovering around 500 this season, overall, he's been somewhat successful. However, he's been, when you dig deeper, he's been severely criticized by some of those same beat writers as not being a very good day tactician, not handling the bullpen very well. But the biggest thing that's coming to light, which I read about overnight, is that there was a huge disconnect on the team with him and some of the younger players on the team. Yeah. And um, for, for example, and not that Fowler is young, but he hasn't spoken to Fowler in a couple of weeks. I mean, they're not, they weren't on speaking terms. I think after a while, the the Cardinals, and then there was an article that was released about two weeks ago talking about how, I guess, Bud Norris has been relentless on uh, young yeah. pitcher Hicks. I read about that. And, and, yeah. and Matheny, Matheny, you know, backed up uh, Bud and, and basically said he's an old school player. Meanwhile, the St. Louis brass was like, you know what, this guy's completely disconnected from the younger players of today it cost Girardi his job in New York let's let's face it some people are like hey Girardi's going to get the St. Louis job I don't see it seeing how the reason why Girardi was fired was that he was not relating well to the young players what are your thoughts on that I I think you know that's a, a lot of that is absolutely correct what what really surprised me um, is that the Cardinals have been saying for the last year and a half that they're not going to fire Matheny, that he's our guy. That's, right. You know, and, and the way the writers would write about it, it's that you know, they, they, if he is going to be fired, they said it would be at the end of the year. It would right. be kind of like a mutual transaction. So something must have happened to break that because uh, they probably, I mean, at least according to the writers, he was going to get the chance of at least finishing the year. But if you look at the standings, I mean, St. Louis is in third place in the Central. They're seven and a half behind the Cubs, who are now in first. 
and four games out of the second wild card, and that's not a good place to be. So well, not uh, only that, but even though they're the third best team by record, they're not the third best team. Cincinnati is the third best team, or the or the Pirates who have won five straight, but it's not the Cardinals. <laughs> yeah, no, the the Reds are <laughs> have have improved to nine games under five hundred, but. If you look at the way that they're playing, they're really playing very well. And they beat the Cardinals 9-1 to and 8-2. to Did it happen after the game? Did it happen after the, the, the Reds beat them 8-2? to Yeah, well, yes, on the second game. Now, in the first game, I don't know whether you saw 9-1, to but Billy Hamilton had one of the catches of the year. Oh, yes, he did. He uh, did. Going over the center field wall to take a home run away from I don't know whom. But that that in that game, the um, – that that may have been the game where the Cardinals brass made the decision to get rid of them because it was yeah. almost as if the Cardinal fans were cheering for the Reds at one point. So it's, yeah, it's just it's, it's a mess in St. Louis. I you know for the the Schadenfreude uh, in me uh, is happy with their their uh, the problems that they're ha- having. However, I think it's good for the National League when the Cardinals. Uh, ship is is righted, and, and I, I fully believe that it will be righted. They're just too great of a franchise for it not to be. Um, but I do take a little comfort in it because they've been so such uh, nasty fans towards the Cubs over the yeah. years. Yeah, no, um, I know. So they've really um, kicked us around. It, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be really interesting to watch because now you know after the All Star break. The Cubs play eight of 11 against the Cardinals. And we were all hoping, I think, for a more competitive yes. division. I would have liked to have seen a little more back and forth. And and you, you still may get it. I mean, the Cardinals aren't in Siberia. Who knows if Mike Schlitt can turn this team around and get, get them pointed in the right direction. But uh, – but right now it doesn't look good. And, and they've, I think in a sense, at least as far as their fans are concerned, they've waved the white flag. They really have. So Well, the, the new manager in a beer town has a great last name for beer. So yes, he does. Um, he does. I, I, you know, I wish him well. And, but however, I'm looking forward to the Cubs playing them soon uh, because it seems like we've been getting fat lately against some of the uh, lesser, t- the, the, the second tier teams of the national league. All right, so let's move on, and we'll talk about the uh, 2018 Major League All-Star game. No, but before we do that, oh. Leo, sorry, Chase Utley. Sorry, I wanted, I wanted to talk Utley. about That's right. Chase That's Utley. Right. So Chase Utley made the decision this week to retire. Ah, um, and there is good a riddance. Lot, well, I don't know about that. Chase Utley's been a pretty good player in the major leagues. I'll tell you one thing. He's been one of the toughest guys. He played through injuries as well as anybody um, that that I've seen, and he um, certainly caused his share of injuries. Yeah, so, that's true. That's true. You know, but, but, uh, but, but the, go ahead. The, the reason why I bring it up is that there is a discussion that he's basically going to be immediately enshrined into the Hall of Fame, and I and I take a big big exception to that. Um, and my reason why is is while he has a career uh, win above replacement of sixty five, which is certainly hall worthy, it's not first ballot hall worthy. But it is ultimately you're an old man, you get put into the Hall of Fame worthy. Um, where I struggle with this is that there are um, not, not counting active players, but inactive players, there are about 10 people that have uh, better wins above replacement than um, Utley does. And only one of them is a second baseman. And, that, and by the way, some of those... Uh, Ten that I'm talking about are Bonds, Clemens, A. Rod, Messina, Pete Rose, Schilling. These are guys that uh, 
Schilling, by the way, will get into the Hall of Fame eventually, even though he's a jackass. But but they, those other guys I mentioned are, are they have the cloud of steroids hanging over them, and Rose, uh, the other issue. Um, but and then there's this guy from the early part of the 20th century, Bill Dolan, who belongs in the Hall of Fame, who has a 75 win above replacement. But the reason why I bring all this up is because my one of my favorite players growing up, Lou Whitaker, second baseman yeah. for Detroit, who played <laughs> his entire career with Detroit, 20 seasons, and also. Him and, and Alan Trammell, who um, basically started together and ended together. They're the longest uh, shortstop second baseman combination in Major League history. Whitaker has a 75 win above replacement. He beats Utley in almost every single stat. And, and, he's, and there's like, he's just been kind of slighted. To me, nothing against Trammell, but Whitaker, Whitaker has a better win above replacement than Trammell did. No, he does. He does. And, and it's, so... It's, it's yeah. inexplicable to me. If you look at any of the metrics, including the new Jaws metrics, which um, is a guy that basically said we're going to look at the best seven years of a guy's career versus other uh, hall-worthy players in their best seven years, and Whitaker comes out on top on that as well. I just think it's time for for Major League Baseball to to take a serious look at at Lou Whitaker and and put him in the hall where he belongs. Um, he had 2,400 hits. I mean, I know he didn't get 3,000 hits, but he, he the guy was – um, again, his, his, he was a great defensive player. He was rookie of the year as a gold glover five or six times. Won the. I just think he's done everything you're supposed to do. Silver slugger five times. You know, well, he's, he's done everything he's supposed to, to do to be considered as a fringe player. So before the, my point is, before you put Utley in, you got to put in Lou Whitaker. Well, I agree with that last statement. Lou, Lou Whitaker deserves to be in. He, it's a crime that Trammell is in and Whitaker isn't, and that's something I hope the voters will correct over the next few years. Uh, I just had an intern run out, and and he's handed me the lifetime stats for Chase Utley, and I don't think Chase Utley is all is an is a Hall of Famer. I really don't. I look at this, and and he has less than two thousand hits. He's a career two seventy six hitter. Okay, and he's led the league in runs once. After right. that, he led the league three straight seasons in hit by pitch. This is not something that jumps off the page. He, he has, he hit 300 a couple of, no, not even a couple of times. He had 300 once, you know, and I mean, he was a good, he was a good player on a team that was successful, but you know, I don't I, know. See, I got to disagree. I, I think he will get in, but he's an old man when he gets in. My point is that they're rushing to enshrine him in Cooperstown and that's a huge mistake. Because there's way more players that are that are more worthy than he is, and and like I said, I mentioned Whitaker, but I disagree with you on that. He is not Hall worthy, and the reason is is because his win above replacement is 65. I think eventually anybody over 50 will get strong consideration for it, and the reason is is that you know he. He did a lot of what Whitaker did in 8,500 at-bats. He did in 6,800 at-bats, meaning he has 259 home runs, which is a lot for a second baseman. His uh, OPS was 825, which is sterling. Um, So, uh, you know, career 276, just like Whitaker was. Um, I just think eventually they both belong in. But before you put Mr. Huntley in, you have to put Sweet Blue. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. And – all right, so let's talk now a little bit about the 2018 Major League All-Star Game. We, we, they made, the selections were made. The fans voted in the starting lineup. Then there were some managerial selections. The pitching staff was selected. And now we have the uh, final vote, and we're waiting for the public or the results to be released about the final roster spot for each league. 
And this was really fun. If you're a Cubs fan, three Cubs are going this year yep. versus one for last year. And yep. all of the Cubs who were selected, I think, deserve it. But I do want to say that Albert Almora kind of gets the shaft here because I think he probably should have. And I didn't I think he probably should have been selected for the team. I, I didn't vote for him to start. But he has had, without a doubt, I think, I mean, he's the second leading hitter in baseball. Yep. And, and he doesn't get named to the all-star team. He's been sterling on defense. There's been nobody better. Highlight catches, highlight yep. real catches every day in center. He's unbelievable. And, and it's funny that the, the guy who's either tied with him for hitting, J.R. Real Muto, he gets to go, but Almora doesn't. So I think he also got a little screwed over by the ballot because since he wasn't a starter at center when the season began, he wasn't on the ballot for center fielders. But that's the no, way it goes. I, I think you're 100% right, and I've got a real bone to pick with the National League selection of their reserves. Now, I have no problems with the Cardinals getting Miles McCullough's, the right yeah, the, he the, deserves the, it. He the deserves relief it. pitcher. But I have a major oh, problem sorry. with Yadier Molina being the, one of the backup catchers and that uh, be, Molina does not deserve to be in the all-star game this year. Not even close. He's having one of his worst seasons ever. It wasn't until about a month ago that he threw his first hitter out. Yeah. Um, so right. yeah. I, I agree with you hundred percent Almora or Schwarber. Schwarber's going to participate in the home run derby, which yeah. I'm happy for, but Schwarber's had a pretty good uh, bounce back year as well. Either way, Molina does not deserve to be, on the roster that, you know, and you know, you, you make a point in the show notes that I agree with that is the American league staff on paper should crush the national league. Yeah. No, almost, I mean, almost yeah. per player yeah. with, with the exception of our beloved Cubs, even though I'll take Baez, um, you know, uh, well, actually, I won't take him over Altuve, but 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 Baez is, is an extraordinary player. Um, but the American League on paper should should crush. Yeah, they him. should crush him. I mean, they really should. But uh, you know, you never know. What's really funny about that is, and I'm glad you mentioned this, is that the National League has beaten the American League this year head to head in interleague play. Right. So, right. which is funny, but but it seems to me that this particular starting nine and 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 just uh, the roster in general for the All Star team. The American League is head and shoulders better. We'll see what happens, but I'm looking for a blowout. You know, uh, the other Cub who got selected was John Lester. Yes, and uh, and he will be pitching against the Padres today <laughs> in San right. Diego. Right, and the Cubs kind of engineered that yes, to make it impossible for him to pitch in the All Star game, which I like because I'm a Cubs fan. But right. uh, you know, this is a problem because I think now. If you're a team in contention, I don't know why you'd want any of your pitchers to pitch in the All-Star game. Yeah, you know? this is this has been going on for the last few years, and I think that Lester not being on the roster certainly hurts the National League squad because not only is he one of the premier pitchers in the league, but he's fifth in the major leagues with sacrifice hits. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I'm talking about not pitchers, all hitters. He's all hitters. Yeah, he has six sacrifice hits. So Lester kind of gives you that. Uh, uh, and, and of course, they're uh, playing in the National League Park, so I'm presuming that the pitchers are batting, but that may not be the case. I'm not exactly sure. Maybe uh, they'll bring him into bunt. That's what they'll do. Right. No, that's right. right. So, so, but, but but I think that what you're talking about, your original point, is very very important in in the sense that, you know, in the old days, the run up to the All Star Game was hardly ever even discussed from a strategy standpoint. In fact, that's why that's why rosters would shift at the very end because pitchers would be like, hey, this was his normal, this pitcher's normal starting date, and then they would make changes there. Now it's kind of being engineered. And Madden, uh, you know, one of the shrewd managers in baseball, 
this has been a couple of weeks in the making that they, that, I oh, think yeah, they knew no, no, that they Lester knew. was going to end the first half. The fact that the Cubs um, have, are now a game and a half in first place and that uh, the Brewers have lost five straight, just like they did last year at this time. They started a slide. Hopefully it continues. But Lester puts us in a good position to uh, – to, to win what's been, uh, you know, an incredible week, which we'll talk about in a second, a lot of extra inning games. But, uh, you know, the, 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 the uh, Cubs are uh, they're in a very, very good position right now. And they are. And, they are. Um, and, and even though they're not perfect, you know, they're, they're playing very well. And what I like about them is they they have the I think the third or fourth least amount of losses. And remember, Sparky Anderson used to say it's not the wins, it's the losses. Whoever it's has the losses. least is, is going to win the World Series or going to be one of the teams to go to the World Series. All the other teams ahead of the of the Cubs are in the American League. So. Yeah, no, it'll be fun, but I think I had an idea, too, about how to sort of combat this or something we could do about the pitchers not wanting to pitch in the All-Star game. And what you do is you, you, you take all the pitchers out of the game, but you have them show up for the night before the All-Star game. You have a pitcher's banquet. So you maybe have the home <laughs> run derby, and then you have a banquet, and these guys can bring, their, they can bring their families, they can sit on tables on the field, you put food out, you can even sell tickets, people would want to come, and then you have them kind of roast each other and make speeches and insult each other. You know what I mean? Maybe you bring in a comedian to kind of emcee it, and you make it kind of like an event, and you make it this unserious thing, you know, and maybe the money goes to charity, if people buy tables, and you know, that, that would be nice. And then you have, and then for the game, you have your all-star pitchers from the minor leagues. You have guys who's, who, you know, you don't care if they pitch. You just bring them out. These guys have pitched well at their level, AAA, and let them pitch against the major leagues, major leaguers, and that's that. And then nobody's concerned about their own major league pitchers pitching in the all-star game, and either hurting themselves or getting fatigued. It's, it's not a bad idea, actually, believe it or not, even though it is supposed to be an all-star game. The only thing I would say, I'm all for the roast as long as Ann, <laughs> as long as Ann Coulter doesn't show up. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and that they don't tell the aristocrats joke, at least in front of the kids. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but, but that's actually not a bad idea. I just think that having minor league pitchers, it's not really the all, major league all-stars no, any it's longer. Not, it's not, but but, but yeah. you're right. It does alleviate the issue because of, of all the players in, in the game, the pitchers are most impacted by this game. And let's be honest, there's been some injuries in the all-star game. Most notably um, was Ray Fossey, who was run over by Pete Rose at, at yes. Tiger Stadium in 1970 or 71 and never really was the same after that. His shoulder, he, he rose inexplicably took him out as it yeah. was in the world series and Fossey, one of the great he young was... catchers for Cleveland at that point. No, it for never... Oakland, Oakland. I thought he was, he came up with Cleveland, but um, it, it, he was never the same after that. No, he wasn't. He wasn't. So... He had another bad injury too, but Fossey was a talented player and that certainly didn't help him. But you know, if you're going to put on the tools of ignorance, uh, these things tend to happen. <laughs> right, exactly. So, all right, so let's move on to this week in Cubs. Nation. He was on. He was on Cleveland, my friend. He's the Oakland he, announcer, but he was on the Cleveland. Just I don't time. know why I thought he was with Oakland. All right, but anyway, uh, all right. So let's move on to this week in Cubs Nation. Yeah, it was nice. Let's begin with the Reds because they had been swept in Cincinnati two, three weeks ago. But then the Reds come to since the Reds come to Chicago and they take two of three from them, which I, I thought was really nice because the Reds have been playing very well. And for them to kind of get the better of them, uh, I think was really nice. Although Joey Votto made one of the most boneheaded plays I'd ever seen. 
Well, especially for a future Hall of Famer. I agree yeah. with you. Um, the interesting thing about the Reds is, that, did you know that the Reds have three players uh, on the All-Star team? Which... Scooter Jeanette, Joey Votto, and... Uh... Suarez. And Suarez. Wow. And Su- yeah, wow. So, so, and that's incredible. And, and, it, and it speaks volumes to what's happening in Cincinnati. Obviously, when the Reds made that managerial change <clears throat> and brought uh, Journeyman Riggleman back... Yeah. Yeah, <clears throat> that was a great move by the Reds front office. I just think the Reds front office now needs to follow that up with, um, you know, making the right free agent decisions, spending some money, um, building, contouring, the, you know, what is already a good young nucleus with a team that is better suited for that ballpark, which we've always talked about is more of a hitter's park than it is a, a pitcher's park. And yeah. I think that I think that they have to go out and get some guys that can can jack the ball out of that park. Um, no, it, it looks good for them next year. They're kind of out of it this year. I don't know if Riddleman you might be able to rally them to get a wild card, but he's <laughs> actually been connected to the job in St. Louis because he has not been made the full time. He's still got the interim tag in, in sure. Cincinnati, and the Cardinals are even thinking about acquiring him. So, you know, the Reds better make a move. Yeah, so. But uh, but then they go to the they, then they go to the Cubs go to San Francisco and they lose two of three to the Giants. Now they're in every game. But know, they and, were all extra inning games, Leo. They, yeah. these games were absolutely beautiful nail biters yeah, that were, were played at midnight our time. And so you know, I always think that when the Cubs go out to those West Coast games, they're in such a uh, haze because of the time difference. Of the some jet of those guys lag are, the t- yeah, exactly. Right. Some of those guys lived out there, like you know, um, uh, Brian and those guys, but or some of the other players. But I still think that there's an adjustment that um, the home teams have a huge advantage when the East comes out to the West, especially if they've been in the East for a couple of weeks. And the Giants have a strange team. You know, they have a strange team in a really strange ballpark with all that foul ground and the really huge outfield and the very, very, very deep right field and the high walls. You know what I mean? It, it's a weird, weird place. They have a shortstop who's excellent, but he isn't the least bit athletic. You know, they, they right. look funny. They're just bizarre. You know, well, they, it, and, and they're all old and they just sort of, they catch the ball. They pitch well. They play defense well. They don't really hit for very much power, but they still, you know, they make contact like Sandoval. I mean, Sandoval looks terrible. but He does. He does. But, he, but he's driving in the winning run by going the other way. I mean, he's very. Uh, again, he's another fat guy doing well in baseball, so I'm a fan. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, the Giants, in all seriousness aside, that is a, to me, is a beautiful ballpark. And it's in yes. my top five that I would like to go visit at some point. Love the glove out in left field. But I thought it's it's intriguing that they actually have a sign out in right field um, talking about how many balls have gone in the drink. And, wow. and, and so the interesting thing to me is that there's only um, three digits uh, there. So I don't know what's going to happen when they get their 1,000th ball uh, in the drink, if it's going to reset back to zero. But, but the reality is, is that the Giants are like the fourth best team in the majors against teams playing over 500 this year. Wow. So they do very well against uh, the really good teams, as evident against the Cubs. It's like they, it's their World Series. They showed up to play the Cubs. I think that there's still a little bit of an inferiority thing going on with the current Giants roster in regards to what happened uh, deep into the fall of 2016 out there uh, against the Cubs. And so I think they always have their, their game face on when they're playing the Cubs. And the result was three 
great games. Yeah, uh, and, really and thank were. God for Quintana. Quintana pitched a, a, a beauty of a game. Yeah. Um, so, uh, it, yes, the Cubs, the Cubs did lose two or three. They could have won all three, they and they could have lost all three. That's how good those games were. Yeah, Edwards, you know, Edwards pitched well coming back off the DL. Bias hit well, you know. Uh, Hayward, they were, it was, it was an interesting series. And you know what else was cool? Uh, in the final game, the extra inning game, I think it was 13 innings. James Norwood made his major league debut for the Cubs. And I was thrilled because he went to St. Louis University just like me. So I yeah. was so bursting with Billiken pride uh, <laughs> in the Sunday game. Now, well, I, I saw I saw that game, and I and the, remember the reason why he was in that game is because um, uh, Joe Madden was running out of, of pitchers, yeah. and yeah. so he gave him a shot. The pro the problem, if there is a problem, is Norwood pitched probably two batters too many in his first. They, that that inning previous, he was yeah. he was lights out, hitting ninety eight miles an hour. That kid's got a lively arm, no question yeah. about it. Yeah. He just lacks experience. Yes, he does. But he pitched He pitched again in the Padres series. I'm really happy. I yep. hope he can contribute. I, I'm sure we won't see him for, for very long this season. Now, but Tyler Chatwood, I thought, improved. What did he go, five innings on Friday? Yeah. Or, uh, or not, yeah, five innings on Friday against the Padres. He pitched okay, you know, but he didn't walk the phone book like he usually does. He only walked three, which for Chatwood is kind of an improvement. Yeah, he's so, doing his best Jason Hamill impression this year. And, uh, you know, hopefully, like we've talked about, I have, I do not believe at all that he's going to make the playoff roster. So as long as he can, you know, do his, do his thing at the back end of the rotation the rest of the year, it is what it is. I think he's yeah. going to lose more than he wins, but it could be close. It could be close, exactly. And he'll eat up some innings down the stretch. Baez, though, my God, he's <laughs> killing them. On the 71, 71 RBIs at the break. 71. That, that must lead the league. I think Suarez is right there. I don't think it leads the league, but he's way up there. The he's league way up right there. Yes. Has he's, like he's, either, he's like two or three for, yes. for, for, the, for, the, for RBIs, but he, has, he leads the Cubs, I think, with either 18 or 19 home runs. Yep. He's hitting just below 300, and he is a demon on the base pass. If he gets on base, you just have to stop what you're doing and see what happens if he gets on yep. base. Yep. And, uh, you know, and, and then in addition, he is the most exciting defensive player in the game. Yes, I love yep. it. I love it. He's yeah, going to be the MVP. What, which, what I've talked about this, we talked about it last week. I, I am quite concerned how great this player is, how much it's going to cost us. Oh, I don't, it'll be fine. That kid, <laughs> the Cubs will pay a King's ransom. For yeah, that's that what kid. I'm saying. That's what I'm yeah. saying. We're, we're going to eat up a lot of roster money to keep that guy on our team. Well, we'll be watching him for a long time. And I just, you, you can't deny his exuberance, his energy. You know, he is so much fun. And, uh, you know, they, they scored, I think they scored the winning run. Uh, was it against the Padres where he steals second, the throw goes into center, he takes third, and then there's another terrible throw and he scores. So right. I just, I mean, I, I just love what he does. Me and, too. And, and it's funny because we're in this era where everybody's so concerned about walking and, t and hitting strikes and on-base percentage. Baez, his offensive uh, profile, has none of that, and yet he dominates every time he's in the game. You know, you know? the the thing, the, the greatest thing about him is his joy. He, he yeah. loves the game of baseball. I, I, he's a guy that I think 
there's a few of them in the majors. You don't really have to pay him. He probably would play for free. That's how much he loves it. Well, it's it's really like watching just a kid play, and he's yep. a young play. I mean, he's he's good. We're we're gonna see one of the most fascinating careers. Just sit back and enjoy it. You know, with with him and Contreras. You know, they bring this passion, and and Cubs fans are just gonna eat it up. Baseball fans are gonna eat it up. So he he reminds me a lot of myself in all ways except talent. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. So now, so now Hugh Darv, you I say Hugh, you Darvish, yeah, uh, got a cortisone shot, and right. uh, if it works, he'll be back in before the end of July. Do you think he'll be back in time to contribute? I mean, he'll he'll be back in time to contribute. Do you think it'll be it'll happen? Well, this isn't my first bus ride downtown, Leo. And let me just <laughs> let me just tell you that uh, that whenever I hear a pitcher getting a cortisone shot, that's a huge flag for me. In the course of baseball, there have been pitchers that at this point, that when they've received cortisone shots, meaning in their early 30s, that they've had respectable finishes uh, to their career. But Sandy not many, Koufax. But not yeah. many. Yeah, well, Koufax is one that it actually, that's after age 32, he was done. So that's not true. Yeah. He, he, he was one that was adversely affected. It, it, as, if you know anything about a cortisone shot, it basically it masks the problem. And it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a huge Band-Aid solution. And so hopefully, the, the part that I'm encouraged about is that Darvish has six or seven different pitches, and he doesn't really stress himself in throwing any of those pitches. It's not like a Linzicum where it's a violent delivery. And if, if you told me at this point Linzicum was getting a, a, that type of shot, I'd say he's, a, he's at the end of his career. Maybe not with Darvish. Fingers crossed, because we paid an awful lot of money for him. But it's troubling, to say the least. Yeah, but you also look at the rest of the National League, and I don't know who else is much better. I mean, uh, well, that would be Max Scherzer. If you do have a minute, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, as far as pitchers, yeah, there's a yeah, lot the of Grom, pitchers who are better. Uh, right. But but show me a team in the National League that uh, has a better roster than the Cubs right now. You know, uh, nobody. Well, nobody. there is no better. The, the the Cubs have the best record in the National League, but that would be good for fifth place in the American League. That's yeah, that's the right. Problem, the, well, so. but the, but. But the beauty is they only have to play if they want to win the World Series. Right. They only have to be one of those teams. So, you know. so what what happened this week in baseball history, Leo? Well, this week there we we have a lot to discuss here. But there, so usually I have about three or four of these. But uh, the one I want to bring up has a local connection, and that was uh, July twelfth, nineteen seventy nine, and that's Disco Demolition Night at oh, Whiskey yeah. Park. Right. And uh, you know because all the week all the news this week is all about the All Star Game, and this right. was one thing that happened that wasn't. Yeah. And uh, now, none of us lived in Chicago at the time. But no, we... but no, but I, I, I used to work with Steve Dahl in Detroit. I did voices for him when he had a radio show in Detroit when I was so in you, high school. So you know, when, okay. I, so I knew him very well. So when when this happened, all my friends were like, "Hey, that was Steve Dahl that created that." And of course, they were playing the Tigers that night. Yes, um, and, yes. And, and so it's an iconic Chicago moment. And all I could tell you is. Over the years, and I've been here over 30 years, I, over the years, if everybody that told me that they were at that game was actually at that game, yeah. there would have been 300,000 people there. That's I, right. I, I've, I've That's talked right. to so many people that claim to have been at that game that after a while I started kind of yeah. saying, you hey. Start you start know, to doubt it. Correct. correct. You know, he's this uh, shock jock, I guess. Yeah, he's Howard correct. Stern before Howard Stern. Correct, correct. And he, he gets a big pile of disco records. You could bring a disco record and I think get into the ballpark for free or for That's a dollar right. or whatever. That, something like that. 
And then they put a stick of dynamite under this huge pile of, of <laughs> disco records. Which I'm they, not against. Which I'm not, theory, yeah, which I'm not, not against, against that. <laughs> and then they blow it up right. on the field. Yes. And then the crowd rushes the field. They tear up the field. They have to forfeit the game. And right. it was just, I mean, order had to be restored, Tom. Chaos yeah. had broken out. And I think that that event in itself probably added a great deal to the stigma of going to that ballpark and seeing that team for many, many years, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, these, a lot of these guys were fu- future Trump voters, but uh, <laughs> the, the, fact, <laughs> the fact is, is that it, 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 it's a badge of honor for a lot of Sox fans, which I get and, and totally understand because quite like, like I said, I was there with them in spirit. However, as a Tiger fan, I'll take the free win because they yeah, forfeited right. that game. <laughs> right. But it's still, it's, it's funny when something that has nothing to do with baseball impacts a baseball game. That's always, I think, worth mentioning. Right. Um, the other thing was something that, uh, that happened in baseball history that happened off the field. This happened off the field. And this was uh, the Yankees and specifically Casey Stengel testified before oh, yeah. Congress. And, uh, and Stengel g- gives, I mean, the testimony that he gives is just, it is, if you read through it, you can go online and you can look at the, at the record, the actual congressional record and the text of what he said. And it is just one of the most rambling statements I've ever heard in my life. I can't, I can't believe they let him go on like that. Yeah, I, I read it and laughed all the way through it. But that was Casey. Casey was just, uh, you know, Mel Propism. That was his middle name. And uh, he, uh, it was kind of hilarious. Basically... It, it, but I also say to, to Congress, which was as, uh, uh, you know, as screwed up back then as it is now, you're right. Why did they let that go on like that? Because it's a big waste of time and a big waste of our tax dollars. I mean, it, it's funny to look back on it years later. But, I mean, if you if you read, if you read some of the things that he says. Oh, yeah. I, I, mean, I mean, was there any – I asked you to read it. It's a hard read. I, I read it's the really, whole thing. I read the whole thing and was laughing all the way through it. Like I said, he's just if, if, if I didn't know better, I'd be like, Casey, did you did you hit the pub before you took did you sit down? Because it sounds like someone rambling at the end of the bar. Well, he, he really he got I think he got a little state. He got a little stage fright. You yeah. know what I mean? It, you know, this isn't talking to reporters at the end of the game. You right. Know, this is this is the U.S. Congress. He was a little nervous. I think he kind of choked a little bit. You know, uh, I mean, you would just say things. South America is all right and Cuba is all right. But I don't know. <laughs> I've never been down there and <laughs> except to Cuba. And I've never been to South America. And I know that they broadcast games. And I know that we have players that are playing from there. Exactly. I mean, it's just like that for, I don't know, what had to be 45 minutes. And then Mantle, Mantle who's also there because the Yankees are all there with him. And uh, because they're playing a series, I guess, in Washington. And he takes the mic and uh, he just says, my feelings are exactly the same as Casey's, you know, and yeah. everybody broke up laughing, but, uh, <laughs> but, you know, that was, that was a tremendous uh, little baseball moment. And, uh, you know, again, it's, it, that's why baseball I think is the best game because you can have these sort of unserious moments, you know, baseball is not like football, which is regarded by the people who play it is heart surgery, you know, yeah. baseball right. is, it's not as serious. So, so a Croatian and a Frenchman walk into a bar. Oh, okay. And, and the bartender and the bartender says, "What is this a joke?" <laughs> so on that note, all right, go Just, France. Yeah, uh, go France. And I want to remind our listeners, our loyal listeners, the uh, one of them who actually 
told me in person how much he enjoyed the podcast. Matson Kruger, shout out to you. Um, just uh, send us your comments and your questions to you are in the wheelhouse at gmail.com. Tom, you have a great weekend. I'll talk to you later. You too. All right. Bye.